Greetings, detective. Welcome to the Murder Mystery Company and our new free service, Calm Mystery. We know that many of you need that calm and centered moment, but meditation isn't necessarily your thing. If you're a mystery lover, crime fan, and could use a break, you've come to the right place. It sure is a suspenseful world out there, but I have good news for you. In this world, the suspense will only come from the world's best writers. For the next few minutes, we're going to close the door on the outside world. First, find a comfortable chair, sofa, or bed. Take just a moment to relax into the spot. Let your body sink in, slowly releasing the day's tension. Just relax. You've earned this time. You need this time for you. Your body will thank you. Now let's take a moment to clear your mind. I want you to focus on two things, my voice and your breathing. Take a deep breath in through your nose. Let it out slowly through your mouth. Now the same thing, but let's breathe on my count. Three counts in, four counts out. Breathe in one, two, three. Now out, one, two, three, four. As we do this, you're going to slowly relax more and be perfectly ready for tonight's dastardly tale. Now again, breathe in one, two, three. Now out, one, two, three, four. One more time, breathing out that last bit of stress. Breathe in one, two, three. Now out, one, two, three, four. Excellent. Tonight's tale of mystery, intrigue, and murder is truly spine-tingling. The Murders in the Rue Morgue, Part 4 Murderers had come to the old house on the street called the Rue Morgue. Murderers had come and gone and left behind the dead bodies of an old woman and her daughter. The daughter's body was in the bedroom on the fourth floor. The old woman was lying outside, behind the house, her head almost cut off. But the knife which killed her was up in the bedroom on the floor. The door and the windows were all firmly closed, locked on the inside. There was no way for anyone to go in or out. Voices had been heard. One voice was speaking in French. The other voice had not spoken even one word that anyone could understand. But there was no one in the room when the police arrived. This much we had learned from the newspapers, my friend Dupin and I. Interested by it, we had gone to look at the house and the bodies. Dupin was now explaining to me what he had learned there. That is what we learned from the newspapers. Please remember it, for that much was enough to tell me what I must look for when we were in the house on the Rue Morgue. And I found it. Let us now take ourselves again in our thoughts to the room where the murders were done. What shall we look for first? The way the murders escaped. All right, we agree. 
I am sure that we do not have to look for anything outside of nature, for anything not having a real form or a body. The killers were not spirits, they were real. They could not go through walls, then how did they escape? There is only one way to reason on that subject, and it must lead us to the answer. Let us look, one at a time, at the possible ways to escape. It is clear that the killers were in the room where the daughter was found. From this room, they must have escaped. How? At first, I saw no way out. It had been necessary for the neighbors to break down the door in order to enter the room. There was no other door. The opening above the fireplace is not big enough near the top for even a small animal. The murderers, therefore, must have escaped through one of the windows. This may not seem possible. We must prove that it is possible. There are two windows in the room. Both of them, you will remember, are made up of two parts. To open the window, one must lift up the bottom half. One of these windows is easily seen. The lower part of the other is out of sight behind the big bed. I looked carefully at the first of these windows. It was firmly closed, fastened, like the door on the inside. To keep the window closed, to fasten it, someone had put a strong iron nail into the wood at the side of the window in such a way that the window could not be raised. At least, it seemed that the nail held the window closed. The nail was easy to see. There it was. And the people who discovered the killings used their greatest strength that could not raise the window. I, too, tried to raise the window and could not. I went to the second window and looked behind the bed at the lower half of the window. There was a nail there, too, which held the window closed. Without moving the bed, I tried to open the window, and again, I could not do so. I did not stop looking for an answer, however, because I knew that what did not seem possible must be proved to be possible. The killers, or perhaps I should say the killer, for I am almost certain there was only one. The killer escaped through one of these windows. Of this, I felt certain. After the murderer had left the bedroom, he could have closed the window from the outside, but he could not have fastened it again on the inside. Yet anyone could see the nails which held the windows tightly closed. This was the fact that stopped the police. And how could the murderer put the nail back in its place? Perhaps. Perhaps if you pulled out the nail? Yes, that is just what I thought. Two things seemed clear. First, there had to be something wrong with the idea that the nails were holding the windows closed. I didn't know what was wrong. Something was. Second, if it was not the nails which were holding the windows closed, then something else was holding them closed. Something hard to see. Something hidden. I went back to the first window. With great effort, I pulled out the nail. Then I again tried to raise the window. It was still firmly closed. This did not surprise me. There had to be a hidden lock. I felt the window carefully with my fingers. Indeed, I found a button which, when I pressed it, opened an inner lock. With almost no effort, I raised the window. Now, I knew that the killer could close the window from the outside, and the window would lock itself. But there was still the nail. Carefully, I put the nail back into the hole from which I had taken it. Then I pressed the button and tried to raise the window. I could not. The nail was also holding the window closed. Then, then the murderer could not possibly have gone out the window. He could not have gone out that window. Therefore, he must have escaped through the other window. The other window was also held closed by a nail. But I knew I must be right. Although no one else had looked carefully at the window behind the bed, I went to it and tried to see whether the two windows were in some way different. 
The nail in the second window looked the same as the one I had just seen. I moved the bed so that I could look closely. Yes, there was a button here too. I was so sure I was right that without touching the nail, I pressed the button and tried to raise the window. Up it went. As the window went up, it carried with it the top part of the nail, the head. When I closed the window, the head of the nail was again in its place. It looked just as it had looked before. I took the head of the nail in my fingers and it easily came away from the window. I saw that the nail had been broken. But when I put the nail head back in its place, the nail again looked whole. What seemed to not be possible, we have proved to be possible. The murderer indeed escaped through the window. I could now see in my mind what had happened. It was a hot summer night. When the murderer first arrived, he found that window open, open to let some of the fresh night air come in. Through the open window, the murderer went in and came out again. As he came out, he closed the window, perhaps with purpose to do so, perhaps by chance. The special lock inside the window held the window firmly closed. The nail only seemed to be holding it closed, and that which was possible looked not possible. Dupin had been talking not to me, it seemed, but to himself. His cold eyes seemed to see only what was in his own mind. Now he stopped and looked straight at me. His eyes were now hard and bright, and I understood that using his unusual reasoning power to find the answer to those bloody murders was giving Dupin great pleasure. At first, I could think only of this. Then I said, Dupin, the windows are on the fourth floor, far above the ground. Even an open window. Yes, this is an interesting question. How did the murderer go from the window down to the ground? Once I was quite certain that the murderer had in fact gone through that window, the rest was not so hard to know. And the answer to this question told me still more about the murderer who we seek. When you and I first came to the house in the Rue Morgue, we walked around the house. At that time, I noticed a long, thin metal pole which went from the top of the building to the ground. A lightning rod put there to carry down to the ground a charge of electricity that might come out of the clouds during a bad summer storm. Here, I thought, is a way for someone to go up or down the wall and then to go... Here, I thought, is a way for someone to go up or down the wall and then to go in or out the window. Although certain animals could easily go up the pole, not every man could do it. Only a man with very special strength and special training. This told me more about what the murderer was like, but I still had the question, who? Thank you, detectives for listening to tonight's Calm Mystery by the Murder Mystery Company. I'm Julian Stiles. Would you like to show somebody you care? Is there a mystery fan in your life? Could they use a quiet moment and a great story? I'm doing personal stories of 20 minutes or less. Something personal like this can make a friend or family member feel truly loved in an otherwise dark time. They're only $49, and you can email me at calmmystery at gmail.com. That's C-A-L-M-M-Y-S-T-E-R-Y at gmail.com. In the meantime, stay tuned for more tales to tingle and terrify while giving you a needed break from the outside world. <laughs>